So Ben, would you say that Josh is a fresh maker? Yes, yes, I would say that Josh is a fresh maker. Hands off that dial. Business is about to get a whole lot nerdier. You're tuned in to Founder Quest. Well, sad news. I did not see my printing press last weekend because I I came down with a cold. Oh. Which it wasn't uh, COVID, so don't worry. It's okay. But we're, you know, waiting for the tests to come back. So, you know, the difference between now and the before times is now when you get a cold, like life shuts down and you can't really do anything until your, you know, test results come back. Well, and you know, the other thing about like, like during, you know, the pandemic, everyone's home, like just the the printing press market is just going wild right now. So like that thing's going to be gone. I'm I'm sure it'll be gone, long gone by the time you're feeling better. Exactly. Everybody's going to print their manifesto. <laughs> right. Well, you know, since my, my kid is able to take care of his own uh, school needs and I didn't have to like sideline myself for that, like, like star, I actually got some stuff done this week, <laughs> but not necessarily me. So I've been really getting into this groove on having other people do things. <laughs> so Shalva. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah, it's so nice. It's so nice. So Shalva was able to deliver a feature that we've wanted in Hook Relay for a long time. And that is being able to deliver to multiple URLs. So we give you a hook address that you post to, and then you can say, okay, up to three different URLs will then get that delivery, that post. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's wow. Yeah. That's broadcasting. Yeah. Broadcasting. Yeah. You're a publisher. <laughs> yeah, this is something that uh, one of our customers asked for and something we've wanted for a while. And and I have to apologize, I think, to Shava because I kind of dropped the ball on, you know, helping this get this feature over the goal. You know, he, he had done some work a few months ago and I just was distracted and didn't really follow up on it like I should have. And then and then once I did follow up like I should have, uh, then I was like, you know what? Uh, I don't think we want to go this route. I think we want to go a different route. And so we ended up imp- re-implementing the whole thing in a different way. But so appreciate his patience, but got that launched. So that's feeling pretty good. That's yeah. awesome. So, so Hook Relay is a product that we're, you know, we've launched. It's, you can just go sign up for it now, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So it does. Uh, it's like magic for your webhooks. So if you if you want to if you want to send a webhook, you just send it to our service, and then we make sure that it gets delivered. That's super reliable. That I don't know. There's just a lot of uh, details that you have to implement around doing webhooks right, and uh, we do those for you. And so now it looks, sounds like you can. Um, have that sort of broadcast to multiple endpoints. Also works for inbound webhooks. So no matter what the flaky service is that outbound is sending you inbound? sending you webhooks. I, I, th- I think what we're doing right now is broadcasting, by the way. But yeah, no matter what the flaky service that you have to integrate with, you know, to send to, you know, receive data from them. If your app goes, or maybe your app is flaky. If, if your app is going down, you can just be sure that when you get it back online, Hook Relay will be there to relay all the webhooks that you missed. Well, I've got um, I've got a term for you. You can feel free to use this in your marketing. So that means that, and since it, it does both outbound and inbound, that means you're full duplex. <laughs> full duplex. Full duplex. Web full yeah. duplex. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I'm gonna write it down. You know, like that would be an awesome. Like if we did kind of like a, you know, like an like a, I don't know, like an '80s marketing theme, like with neon colors and stuff, and we're like full duplex. I could just see that going well together. Do you remember speaking of the eighties? Remember back in, when you would connect with your modem and it would be the wrong duplex setting, and so everything you typed would be double, right? You get the, every character to be like double F, double Y, you know? Yeah. And you're like, oh man, I full duplex. I got to reconnect the half duplex. <laughs> yeah. 
we should <laughs> we should do like a like, like a marketing like a, like a youtube video you know like a little sketch or something of you uh trying to connect to your modem yeah that'd be awesome yeah, in fact, I used I used Hook Relays this morning for doing an inbound hook. So I was setting up. So we're working on the broadcast emails. That's the task. Mm-hmm. That's another task that's been on our to do this for a long time. So I was working on that this morning, and we use Postmark for our email delivery. And one one of the things they did recently, a few months ago, they had this new feature in their product called announced broadcasts, announcements, broadcasts. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but basically. Before this feature, Postmark was just about transactional email. Like it could only send things that were triggered by a user, right? Like a, a password reset email or, you know, in our case, we sent a lot of notifications for errors, you know, to individual users. They launched this new broadcasts feature, which allows you to use their infrastructure for kind of marketing-like emails, like maybe announcements about your new products or your new features, or maybe you have new terms of service or whatever. So more, more of a broadcast email rather than an individual email. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the features that they have, and the reason why I was using the webhook is they have, will add an unsubscribe link for you at the bottom of the emails that go out. And so, of course, the person may click the unsubscribe if they don't want to hear from us anymore, which would be, you know, totes sad, but it happens. And then it goes to Postmark, and then Postmark records that unsubscribe intent and then sends it, can optionally send a webhook to you. And so, uh, yeah. So I set up a hook relay target for that postmark webhook so that even if our app goes down, which of course it never does, but if never it did, does. then we would have all those, you know, webhooks from postmark happily saved in hook relay, but also, you know, oh, nice. getting no, a log I'm... of it to see is nice. The inbound webhook payloads get saved mm-hmm. and then you can just pull them down whenever you want. Mm-hmm. That's convenience. Like I want, I want that inbound webhook data, but I don't want to like build a webhook right now. I don't want to build like something to like get that right now. There you go. I just want to know that the data is someplace I can get it later. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I wondered like the, the utility of that feature might be pretty, pretty huge depending on like what people are doing with webhooks these days, you know, like, I don't know, like receiving, you know, recording payments or activating subscriptions. Yeah. Or, you know, if you're, if you're building a feature that's going to accept the webhook, but you don't, it's, it is not launched yet, or you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Cause you know, sometimes your provider might say, well, this is what we're going to send you, but you actually want to be sure. Right. So you can, you can set up that hook relay link first, start getting some real webhooks from them oh, yeah. and see what they're like before. Well, yeah, code is don't, we, don't we have Press an option? Yeah. <laughs> we have an option to like, to not for just receive, but not forward. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So use it sort of as like an interim development tool. Can we have an option to like receive and just immediately discard just for, you know, just when you're just fed up with that, <laughs> that webhook provider? Yes, I think we actually do have that. So we have a dis- like, we, yeah, forget this. We have a disable button. So the, the link still works, like it can still post to it, but it won't, nothing will happen with the payload. It just goes into the ether. Dev null. You can set up so, like yeah. that, the dumpster fire thing, like, like uh, Basecamp did a while back where we, we, you know, we have someone just burn it for you. It's not, uh, I mean, it's, it's totally like, it's like, yeah, environmentally responsible too. Which is the good thing. Like it gets sent it. to like a printer. It gets sent <laughs> the, to a did you see that star? office and we just take the pigs <laughs> yeah. them and burn them. I didn't see it. Okay, no. so it was it was pretty awesome. Like they yeah, I forget like what was the what were the emails? Like it was you would they gave you like an they had an address that you could email at hey, right? Mm-hmm. Hey.com. And and like they had someone actually like with a printer set up and a webcam and everything, like they were just like 
they would print out your email, I think, and like just burn it like in front of the camera or something like that, wasn't it? Something, something like, like that. that. that yeah. That would be a weird job. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, it was definitely a stunt. <laughs> yeah, we should definitely do something like that. I don't know. Maybe every time you get a webhook, it, it tickles a honey badger. <laughs> think of something. Yeah. That's an even weirder job. I don't think I want, <laughs> want to do that. I got a, a tweet, a DM today from someone asking about something from a previous founder quest episode in which we talked oh, about really? yeah it's pretty awesome already that was cool so you know everyone's always welcome to do that because that's fun for us the message was a question about we were we had talked in a previous episode about the automation the automated monitoring that i added for our SOC 2 compliance stuff and the question was like you know did we go with a particular provider and Yes. Yes, we did. We went with Drata. So we looked at Vanta and we looked at SecureFrame Secure and we looked at Drata. And uh, they're, they're pretty comparable, all three of them. But our, we, it, it came down to we really liked Drata just a bit more than SecureFrame, which would be a perfectly fine solution, I think, too. We, we almost went with them. And then, and then Vanta was kind of like in this like kind of a distant third. Like, they're okay, but we, I really like Drata and SecureFrame. So... I don't know why I didn't say who we selected before, but there it is. In case anyone is curious and didn't feel like actually asking, there you go. Nice. Awesome. And remember the, the answer to the first security question, it's all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're going to drop us as a customer now. I just went to the terminal service. <laughs> You're giving out the <laughs> answers. <laughs> Maybe it's none of the above. Hopefully they switch out the questions. Speaking of questions, we got a, we got a vendor questionnaire, security questionnaire the other day. And uh, I was looking at the answer and I was going through and answering the questions. And there was this whole section about card data. And I thought to myself, oh, how quaint, like back in the day when we had to actually worry about securely storing yeah. credit card data, you know, these days, you know, we use Stripe and we don't care. We never touch card data. And so I was able to, you know, mark NA to all those things. But I just, it's kind of a blast from the past to see questions about, you know, do you, do you ever send credit card details via email? <laughs> uh, no, no, we do not. It's our whole payment system, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Business card data, though, we just like have those in a box in the closet. <laughs> we we yeah. securely store our business cards. Well, there, and, uh, apparently there are vendors that are still doing it that way. So Yeah, yeah, which is kind of scary when you think about it. You know, it's funny, like with the compliance, I've been, there's been a couple times where, well, I, I've got to explain my setup. So I've got a little office in my backyard. I'm the only one here. And there's been a couple times where I'm about to like go into the house or whatever. My computer's on and normally like, I am just going to leave it running and stuff. And then I was like, nope, I, and the client says I've got to lock it before I leave my office from which I, and it's like, okay, it's like, should I leave the door open in the office? No, I got to lock it. Compliance says I've got to have, you know, yeah, you, physical security. You want to want like, you want what, like one of the squirrels getting in there, <laughs> finding it unlocked. Well, yeah. I appreciate your diligence star. That's, that's going above and beyond right there. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's, it's ridiculous, but yeah. On that note, one of the things that has annoyed me about the compliance requirements is that they prefer that you have your screensaver lock within X minutes, 15 minutes or whatever it is, right? And they actually check that. We have an agent that runs on each computer to make sure that we actually have that enabled. And yeah, surveilling, I, surveilling yeah, us. 
I never had that enabled because, you know, like you, like who's, who's here? Like, it's just me, right? I'm the only person here, right? Yeah. But now I have to have this screensaver that locks and it's like, ugh. And sometimes you want to read things and that takes a little while yeah. or like watch a video or something. <laughs> but, you know, it serves the greater good, so. I already had my screensaver set because I have perfect operational security. <laughs> what what's that outside that window, Josh? Behind you is that Massad? I think it's Massad. <laughs> in the trees. Oh, but they can't get in. They can't get in, so it's okay. No, they're just banging against the, the door. Got the dog patrolling the perimeter right now. I learned to keep my screen lock at a small time window when I shared an office with uh, with my brother because <laughs> we would like. I don't know if he ever actually got me. I, I think I like one time I like installed a cron job, like a random cron job on his computer that like played. Oh, I remember that. It played like, uh, it, it like read out like a, a random, a random Spock quote, I think <laughs> <laughs> with, you know, with the, with the, the like speech to text or text to speech thing in Mac, yeah. in Mac OS. Yeah. So I remember that a, yeah. after that, I was like, he is going to retaliate and I need to, I need to like up my security game. So. That would be one way to like to harden an office. It's just like encourage <laughs> employees to prank one another. We that well, that's where I think it started. Like I think we were kind of like doing that a little bit, and it is. I don't know if I should if it's recommended, but it is uh, hilarious. That sounds that sounds perfect for like an internal security team at a at a large enterprise. Like they should give prizes for the best pranks. You know that actually mm -hmm. expose security weaknesses like that. You know, catch because you know they they do these things like they'll send an email to everyone in the company and like click on this link and then someone does and they're like oh gotcha you weren't supposed to click on that it's fishy yeah. you know and everyone's like oh you suck you know but I yeah no crowdsource like, it yeah, yeah like yeah. get everyone involved there you go yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's like. It's like whoever the best Rickroller is gets a bonus. Totally. It's a, it's a hackathon uh, where everyone's a target. Maybe you have to, <laughs> may, maybe you have to put some parameters around it. Like maybe it's only the week around April Fool's, right? And so, you know, people can be on a higher guard. I don't know. <laughs> that would make sense. Otherwise you'd foster a, a climate of like <laughs> continual mistrust. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, did you see that important business document I sent you, Bob? And it's like, good try, Jeff. <laughs> good try. Not falling for it this time. Not falling for it. You got one of those word macro viruses in there. Did I know see, it. I saw, did you see uh, like someone on Twitter posted like this? Apparently Rick Astley got Rickrolled on Reddit like a few years yeah. ago. <laughs> did I you see that? that? Yeah. <laughs> like, can you just, and the, uh, yeah, the person, the person that, that did it got like, I think like, like, like a century of Reddit gold or something like that. <laughs> like totally you just, that's the, you just win the internet. Totally. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that is winning the internet, right? Like that's the ultimate prize. Yeah. Mm. Our giant zoomer fan base is like, what, what's Rick rolling? <laughs> even, even my what kids know what Rick rolling is. Oh, they do. Yeah. Okay. That's it's one gonna, of the ones that last. just never goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that people are just never going to give up. It's going to persist through the generations of time until the sun has a heat death. <laughs> that's, that's, that's heavy. Yeah. I guess it could be worse. It's not goatsy. <laughs> oh. oh man. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, uh, I don't know. Like what there was like, there's that thing goes around, like always like, like date yourself by like the earliest meme you remember or whatever. And oh, yeah. I think goatsy was one of the early ones. I, I mean, like you can't I mean, forget like, it. So <laughs> There was a time before they called them memes. Like maybe that. 
I don't know. Well, do either of you any have any last hurrahs for our a lovely summer season before the weather turns cold and gray and rainy? Any any plans to do something fun? Well, I, no. We have kids in school now, and so our plans yeah. are to drive them back and forth <laughs> repetitively. <laughs> I'm just trying to survive. That's basically it. I'm just trying to get through. Yeah, well, probably like I've been like the weather has been nicer outside lately. So I've been trying to enjoy the yard while I can because, yeah, it's just the weird Pacific Northwest thing now where like most of the year is rainy and what used to be the like thing that made it worthwhile was the wonderful summers is now like half of the summer is also now clouded, covered in smoke and and like 115 degrees. Right now, everything is like picture perfect Pacific Northwest. And I've been really enjoying that. It's yeah, last from the past. It's, it's pretty nice. I'm looking forward to the drizzle coming back because there's just too many people out on walks. <laughs> you know, like I like, like, I, like I like to be solitary on my walks and these amateurs only come out when it's nice outside, you know? So yeah, I can't, I can't wait for a little bit of drizzle where yeah. I put my, my raincoat and I can go and, you know, walk through my neighborhood and be alone. We are kind of at the point where like you start, you start to like, like not dread fall or so much. Like I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it again. Seasons are nice, but then like you halfway between halfway through the winter, I'll be like ready for summer and summer will be long ways off, but I'm looking forward to fall right now. Yeah. It's kind of, kind of funny. Like there's definitely this, uh, there's a sense of angst when there's too much sun for too long. <laughs> you know, and people are like, I, I need, I need some gray. I need some rain. And then, and then the grain, the gray comes and the rain comes and you can just feel this, this, ah, you know, things are back to, back to the way it should be. You know, it's just kind of fun. And yeah. then of course, yeah. February comes around like, oh, I need some sun, you know? Yeah. But see, I just want, I just want all of this on like a light switch so I can just change it depending on the mood that I'm in, you know? Yeah. We totally need some weather management technology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all just need to get in with the movers and shakers that uh, control the weather. Yeah, I think I think it's the folks over at DARPA, from what from what I hear from the internet, yep. you know. <laughs> or you just you know take a vacation, I mean, the old fashioned way. You just go someplace <laughs> warm. <laughs> Vacations. <laughs> Wait, what? Vacations. That's so. That's when so pre. That's, that's so pre twenty twenty. Then. We, we stay in one place and control the weather now. It <laughs> sounds like a lot more fun, actually. Kind of does. You have just now, just in this very moment, finished listening to Founder Quest. If you want to uh, write us a review, go do that. If you're interested in writing for us, you know, check out our blog, honeybadger.io forward slash blog and look for the writer's page or look for the write for us link, I mean. And just, yeah, stay safe. And we will catch you next week. Founder Quest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360 degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word, where you can access our huge back catalog of episodes. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.